Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm trying a new experiment today to see if I can record a podcast as well as an audio. So we're trying uh, trying some new tricks. Always good to be trying new tricks. Um, and it may work and it may not, but we'll see what happens. So let me see. I'm hitting record, and off we go. Recording. There we go. This con- this conference is no longer being recorded. And the little computer delay. This conference right. will now be recorded. Okay, we got it up and running. We'll see what happens. An experiment indeed with Mars and Venus, fresh and Aquarius. Uh, welcome to Ann Ortley's weekly weather. Today is March sixth, twenty twenty two. Uh, and we are recording here at the turquoise desk in uh, the kitchen of my condo in Florida overlooking beautiful Bocasiega Bay where the sun is now setting. Um, this is for the forecast for the week ahead. We're trying. Uh, we're going to see if it works and we can load it on YouTube. And if it doesn't, hey, you know, we tried. Um, it's a really intense week ahead. The beginning part of the week is much easier than the back. Okay, we've got a lot of transitioning planets in the sky right now. So when we see that, we know that we're migrating into kind of a whole new way of looking at the world and seeing things. Venus and Mars last night went into Aquarius, and they met up in the wee hours of the morning. And they started a new two-year cycle that ends on February 24th of 2024. Okay, so... We're launching new energy. Now, remember, Venus was retrograde for many moons there. Uh, She's been retrograde for 40 days, plus the lead-up, plus the end. Well, she is clear of her shadow now, so she is in new territory, which means that every planet is in territory they have not been in before, at least not in many years. So we know between now and the middle of May, Pluto stations to go retrograde that we are full steam ahead, 90 miles an hour, and it's going to feel very uh, pell-mell. You know, know, when you watch the roadrunner, he goes with his legs, that's what it's going to feel like in the world. So as long as you know that, it'll help. Now, there's two big uh, stelliums in the sky. Stelliums are constellations of planets gathering together. So we had a stellium last week of Vesta and Venus and Mars and Pluto joined in Capricorn, all in Capricorn, and Venus came along and got up, met up with Pluto, starting a year-long cycle. Mars came along, starting a new two-year cycle. Vesta came along, starting a four-and-a-half-year cycle. So Vesta, all these planets are in Earth, so that is the struggle we're seeing in the Ukraine, but also in your own life where you're being asked to ground your work on a different level than you have up until now where you're being asked to put down some roots, where you're being asked to take on some new adventures. Remember back in 2020 when Mars was in Capricorn and met up with Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter was when COVID arrived. Now Mars and Pluto are meeting up and we're having a war. Uh, Mars and Pluto, you know, when they get together, it's generally not fun because they're argumentative fellows, right? That's what they do. They argue, they complain, they fight, they you know, whatever. And in this case, Venus is involved. So we're seeing a lot of the economic sanctions, right, because Venus is in Capricorn. 
and then Pluto is involved because, you know, he's in Capricorn, been there since 2008. And whenever Pluto goes through a sign, he modifies it. So Pluto rules the land, Pluto rules countries, Pluto rules governments, Pluto rules corporations, uh, all the structures that support it. Pluto rules our infrastructure, Capricorn rules these things, rather. And when Pluto goes through them, he modifies them and he changes them and he says, okay, so we're going to be changing all this stuff up. How are you feeling about that? And, and Pluto doesn't really care how you feel. He just goes, we're going to do it. And you're like, uh, really? Do we have to do this? I don't know. That doesn't feel right. Um, can we? Uh, nope. We're doing it. So we had that new moon in Pisces, right, which happened. And we also had the United States Pluto return which happened on the 20th of February. So that's the first of three that we're going to have. And Pluto returns often ask us to, uh, you know, transform our governments. Uh, Most countries last about 248 years. Some of them go 500, like the Roman Empire. Some less. We almost broke up during the Civil War, America. You know, so when you look at the timeline of history, across time and you watch the centuries and how decades, in about 250 years, and then there's a shift. So we're really seeing a transformation on the Earth plane. Now, when Mars and Venus shifted out of, uh, they met up in Capricorn a couple weeks ago, right, and that was the beginning of the invasion. Now they're in Aquarius, and they're meeting up again, which is very unusual. Last time it happened, according to my friend Angela Tiki, was 150 years ago. Now, every 12 years or so, they have this phenomena of once, twice near each other, but it's very rarely two weeks apart, right? So that's the unusual part. And what it really is tied to is a retrograde. So what happened was Mars was, you know, Venus has been retrograde in Capricorn. Mars passed her. Normally, he goes slower than Venus. Now, Venus is speeding up, so she just caught up with Mars and went past him. When they met up the second time, when they met up the first time, we began something in Capricorn, but it was approaching the conjunction to Pluto. Hadn't gotten there yet. So they were, like, we're starting this thing. But now they're past the conjunction to Pluto, which they went past last week on Saturday, on the 3rd, and they went past on the 6th. Now they're in a new sign, brand new energy. They're in Aquarius. Venus Happy in Aquarius, for the most part. She likes being able to kind of see things in a detached way. Mars, he's exalted in Capricorn. When he goes into Aquarius, he gets a little more calculating. He also gets more community. Both Aquarian uh, Aquarian energy is community, collective, tribe, your cult, your group, your organization, your social club, your band of friends. You know, it's the collection of people that you hang out with. So now that these planets are in Aquarius, we're going to see union, uniting, groups getting together and working together. The other thing that's important is to remember last December uh, 2020, December 20th of 2020, Jupiter and Saturn met up in Aquarius at zero to start a new 20-year cycle. And then we spent all last year with Uranus and Saturn squaring each other three times getting ready for the cycle. So they got it all ready. And now Mars and Venus, our personal planets, come along and they say, hey, you know, you were talking about this. You ready to move it forward now? Because the personal planets are stepping in and wanting to take action. 
So you're going to find a lot of the projects, things you were working on, things that felt like they were delayed or they were held up or you just couldn't get traction on it. Now they're going to really launch like a rocket. And they're in sky, sky signs flying around really quickly. Might be a little difficult to ground because we have Mercury, Saturn, Juno, Venus, and Mars in Aquarius. You can see them all there gathered together. That's the chart cast for right now. Uh, in New York, where I'm in Florida, but you can see that that little clump of Aquarian planets. Then the other thing we have is that little Pisces pile. And you can see that, Jupiter and Sun. Sun and Jupiter met up, uh, which was uh, is a conjunction, uh, an expansion energy. And then later this week, Sun is going to meet up with Neptune. You can see that coming in. It's in about five days, because separation from Neptune there at 22 and the Sun at 6 is five, six days, right? Because the sun moves a little faster in the winter than it does in the summer in the northern hemisphere. So we're going to watch that Sun-Jupiter conjunction, which takes place on... uh, uh, Sun-Jupiter takes place on March 13th. So we'll be working with that energy, too, as that conjunction happens. Sun-Neptune is uh, dream. It also can be big sadness, emotional... emotional, uh, Energy. Uh, Neptune can be paranoia. So Sun-Neptune is we can be a little anxious. We can be a little emotionally wrought. This happens once a year. This Sun-Neptune conjunction happens once a year, but it's in Pisces with Jupiter. You can see Jupiter coming along. Jupiter and Neptune are going to meet up together in April. Uh, Last time they met up in Pisces was 165 years ago when Neptune was last in Pisces. Neptune takes 164 years to go around the cycle. So we're looking at really big things. We're looking at 250 years. We're looking at 20 years. We're looking at 165 years. We're looking at 13 years. We're looking at some stuff that we haven't seen in a while uh, around how we do. 13 years is the sun on Jupiter, 12 and a half in there. But as the sun comes to Neptune, debating too, because the last time Neptune was in Pisces was 165 years ago. We're looking at big, 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 big cycles. You also can see the nodes of fate there. Those are the things that look like headphones. And a little up in the top, the 24 Taurus, and down at the bottom, the 24 Scorpio. And you can see that Mercury there at 25 Aquarius is squaring the nodes. This is a situation we call in the bends. When planets square the nodes, they have choices to make. Uh, if you have it in your natal chart, you, you live with this, okay, all right, here it comes, big choice, and we choose which direction are we going. South node, Scorpio, destruction, transformation, murder, death, whatever. North node, Taurus, beauty, grace, growing things. Venus rules the north node. Mars rules the south node. Venus and Mars are joined in the sky. See how potent this energy is? That the rulers of the nodes met up. They met up in Capricorn a couple weeks ago, and now they're meeting up in Aquarius, and they're really pushing us forward. And they're also saying, because they're meeting up on the same degree as the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction was on in December of 2020, they're saying, we are now officially launching the next 20 years. You've been talking about it for a while. You've been thinking about it for a while. We're ready to get it out in the world. So this is a really big launch week for people for getting stuff out and moving and going and go, go, go. 
And you also can see uh, the energy of what we call a bundle. All the planets are tightly gathered in, uh, what we, in a trine, 120 degrees between them. The Pluto up there at 27 and the Uranus at 11, and that's an Earth trine. Now, Ceres is up there, yes, at 5, but, you know, I'm going to give it a bundle because she's just a dwarf planet. But when we look at the planets, having that level of concentrated energy is very potent. Bundle people get stuff done. If you know anybody or if you have with a bundle chart or if you have one, you know you really have a focused energy. So there's a very intense focus in the energy in the sky right now with those Aquarius planets all working and those Pisces planets all working on what the vision is and then the Uranus uh, moon and Taurus up there kind of kicking up stuff. Now what's going to happen this week is the moon is in Taurus today, tomorrow, and then it's going to go into Gemini. So those are easy. Then it gets into Cancer, and the moon is going to become opposite the Capricorn planets, moon moon and Cancer opposite Pluto and Capricorn. Then it's going to get into Leo, and it's going to go opposite that whole clump of planets in Aquarius, again with a hard-closing aspect. So the first four days of the week are easy because the moon's in Taurus, trining Pluto as the last aspect. And then when the moon goes into Gemini, it's going to be trining Mercury as the last aspect. So those are agreeable energies. Once it gets into Cancer, you know we've been dealing with this moon in Cancer, moon in Aries, they have hard aspects, or moon in Libra, they have hard aspects to that Pluto in Capricorn. So we have watched those over the last couple years really kind of pop us. We get a revelation, we find out something is going on, we learn some deep secret. You know, so with the moon in Cancer opposite Pluto and Capricorn, the planet of war, you know, we don't we know this is not a gonna be an easy weekend coming up next weekend. Uh, and then when it shifts into Leo, we get a little more relief, but it's still moon opposite Saturn, right? Moon and Leo opposite Saturn and Aquarius is energetically deprived, right? Because whenever somebody has a moon-Saturn aspect, they really have to work a little hard for that emotional feedback. So it's an interesting week ahead, and there aren't a lot of aspects in the sky, which I actually find good. Last week, There were so many, and they were all really pretty mean. This week, the beginning part of the week is a little easier. The back end of the week is tough. So we're going to watch for developments these next four days as the moon's in Taurus and Gemini to see what happens. And then when the moon goes into Cancer, we know it's going to get a little tough. Next Saturday is the Donald Lanford Day, a DB Day. There's a couple of others this week, but that's the big one. Right, so we're going to look at it, and we understand. You know, if we look at uh, somebody had said, "Do I would I do Zelensky's chart and Putin's chart?" And uh, you know, I think I might um, get that out there for people if they're interested. Um, you know, we're working on getting the school up. So I'm looking at these aspects. This was my launch week, and I'm like, "All right, I gotta, you know, I got to get this stuff going." So, um, so we'll watch for forward motion. But at any rate, the energy is very, very potent. Um, okay, so this week we're going to have the sun move from 16 Pisces up to 23 Pisces. So he's he's big and potent, and he meets up with Neptune, as I mentioned, on March 13th. So sun meets Neptune, and of course he parallels Neptune on the 10th. Now parallel is a declination aspect. It 
planets are at the same degree of latitude in the sky. So those tend to make for very emotional days because it's a Earth energy. So even though you know the planets aren't in zodiacal relationship, they're in Earth relationship, so we feel them bigger. When you know, I still remember back when I was looking at the charts and the Boxing Day when the tsunami hit, and I'm like, oh wow, these are really big declinations. And then it was the tsunami with a couple hundred thousand people wiped out. So this is Sun Neptune on the 10th, and then Sun Neptune on the 13th. Those are big aspects, especially with the energy we have now roaming. And we also have Jupiter coming along right behind it, right? Jupiter coming to Neptune. Now, remember, planets uh, work on multiple levels. They work in our life. They work on a global level. They work in terms of the world events. They work in terms of our personal lives and what's going on for us. So what you want to watch is the events you're paying attention to in the sky because whatever you're tuning into, that's how your chart is resonating with the energies in the sky. So if you're finding I'm having a lot of trouble here, okay. If you find you're having, oh, wow, this is really going great. I'm, I'm really having a wonderful time and the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but I'm, I'm doing great, you're tuning into the, the easy parts of the chart because there are always easy and hard parts. My friend Mark Woltz always goes, Saturn never goes away, Pluto never goes away, they're always there somewhere in the chart. So depending on how the chart lands on yours, the planets in the sky land on your chart, we encourage you to kind of go, okay, so we see the sun there at 16 Pisces, a little circle with the dot in it, and it's going to go up to 24 Pisces by the 13th of March. Right, So we know anything in your chart between 13 or between uh, 16 and 23 is going to be activated by the sun this week, including Neptune. You can see Neptune there is 22. Um, the sun also has an aspect to uh, a semi-sextile to Saturn. You can see Saturn there is uh, 19. So when the sun gets to 19, Saturn's the one that looks like the H, when the sun gets to the 19, and that happens on March 10th, he and Saturn are having a conversation. And Saturn is saying to him, son, I think you need to put some boundaries in. Because remember, Saturn's always about boundaries, and the sun is in Pisces, the sign of the ocean. The ocean has no boundaries. So he says, Saturn's going to say to the sun, suck it up. Right Now, you may also find that Saturn says to the sun, oh, that's a great creative idea. Let's sign the deal. You know, I have a couple clients working on deals in in California right now. So I'm like, ooh, that Saturn sun sextile could be when they sign, right? So we, we always want to interpret planets having a few options or a few ways to work. Mercury this week runs from 24 Aquarius into Pisces. And Mercury enters Pisces on March 9th, and he's in Aquarius until then. Uh, so he's zipping from 24 Aquarius all the way through the back end of Aquarius. And Mercury's the guy with the little headphones, you know, little ears on him there. Uh, and then he goes into Pisces on March 9th, and then he meets up with Mars on the 13th. So Mercury as the messenger, the communicator, the connector. So we're going to see him, and he loves being in Aquarius. It's his favorite sign. And today, on the 6th, he has a square to the nodes of fate. So that's good. He's getting important information. You're learning things that are important to know. And then as we go forward, he's going to have an argument on the 6th towards the end of the day with Uranus, what's called a contraparallel, 
Uranus is going to say, I want to go this way. Mercury is going to go, no, nope, we're not going that way. They're arguing, even though you can see Mercury's in Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. These are what are called secret aspects, these declinations. They're parallels and contraparallels. Parallels work like conjunctions, meaning the planets feel like they're getting married. Contraparallels work like arguments, oppositions. So what would Taurus opposing Aquarius feel like? Well, they're both ruled by Uranus, so if you've ever seen a couple of Aquarians arguing in a room, they argue blue, green, blue, green, blue, green, and then they switch, green, blue, green, blue, green. You know, they don't even necessarily know they switched. I was talking to a client earlier today, and partner has Mars and Aquarius, and she goes, he just keeps, you know, if I'm arguing this and then I change to his position, he argues my position. I'm like, that's Aquarius. So it's not a getting along energy, right? It's Mercury contra-parallel, not getting along with Uranus. And then we have Mercury in an aspect to Chiron, wounding words, in a semi-sextile to Pluto. Uh, Pluto is saying to Mercury. Now remember, Mercury is the only god that can go to the underworld. So Pluto's when Mercury gets to 27, Pluto's going to have a semi-square to him. And he's going to say, hey, hey, Mercury, I think you need to bring some messages. So there will be some messages delivered on that one, and we'll see what it feels like. And then Mercury has what's called a quintile to Uranus. After having the argument with him on the 6th, he has a getting along aspect. Well, you know, I was thinking about what you said, and he says that on the 9th. So that is an opportunity for compromise, change, a shift. And then he goes into Pisces, and then he gets in aspect to Mars. Uh, Mars, when he gets to 5, he's going to be in the semi-sextile to Mars which is group, war, suffering, sacrifice. That's the weekend. Like I said, the weekend, next weekend is going to be hard. Emotional also. Venus this week, as we mentioned, she went into Aquarius earlier today. You can see she's zero Aquarius. She meets up with Mars. You can see she met up with Mars. He's zero 031. She's zero 037. He's past that. She's past that. She's on her way. She's done. She met him. She told him what she wanted. She's heading off, doing her thing. Mars is coming along behind doing the work. She has a semi-square on the 6th of March uh, with Jupiter. Uh, you, can, you can see she's at zero. Jupiter's at 15. That's a semi-square. Semi-squares are 45-degree angles, 30 degrees of Aquarius, 15 degrees of Pisces, 45, right, 30 and, 40, 30 and 15. Um, and so they're stressful. There's a stress component to them. But, you know, she's wanting some good stuff because Jupiter's in Pisces, his favorite sign. So she's kind of thinking, if I ask Jupiter, he might just give it to me. So we'll see what happens because she's going to have a little meeting up with Jupiter when we get towards the end of the week and see if she gets what she wants. That'll be on, uh, that'll be working, and she's going to find out if she gets it on the 13th because she has a quintile to the south node that day. Is she getting it? We'll find out. March 13th. What does Venus want? Of course, what does any woman want? You know, we are unpredictable. <laughs> well, with astrology, we're semi-predictable. We're still, we were a little, we want our sovereignty, right? Um, so Mars this week, he just went into Aquarius, and he's moving along. He, too, has a semi-square to Jupiter, which is... Um, taking action, and also expansive. Jupiter makes everything big. 
So when planets aspect them, either good or bad, it's a good or bad big, because Jupiter likes it big. And one of my favorite things when teaching students is Jupiter, everybody goes, oh my God, I'm having a Jupiter return. And then it comes and it kind of is like, is that all it was? And the answer is, mm-hmm. That wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But it, the promise is there. So, and Jupiter always goes, I promise you ice cream. You get ice cream, but you do have to do the work of Saturn to get the ice cream, right? So there's that energy. And, of course, Saturn and Jupiter are moving into a semi-square, semi-sextile. You see Jupiter's going to get uh, uh, 19 in semi-sextile Saturn. That's not this week, but when that happens, we'll feel it. Uh, we also have Jupiter this week is linking up with Chiron on the 11th, so that's a lot of energy around wounding. Pluto, Pluto and Vesta meet up. Um, they meet up on the 6th also, at, uh, kind of starting a new story, and you can see Vesta went past Pluto there. So those three planets, Mars, Venus, and Pluto, are now all on their own. They've, they've hung out with Pluto. They have their orders, they know what they're doing, they're off and running, and they're starting new cycles. Mars is a two-year cycle, uh, Vesta is a four-and-a-half-year cycle. Um, and then we have Pluto contraparallel series, which is, again, an arguing energy, and, and contraparallels are fights. So Gemini series in Gemini is what's the food, how are we nurturing ourselves, what does that look like? Not a lot of aspects in the heavens. Last week was the big setup. This week is the delivery. Okay, So the plans that were made or decided last week now get rolled out. So we'll see what those are as they unfold for us over the next chunk of time. So uh, forward with that. The other thing we have, of course, is the moon calendar. And then we're doing okay. This is what I do when you're not seeing me. <laughs> I have to lean in because I'm not wearing my glasses because I'm a little vain, because I'm on the Internet. But at any rate, all right, so this week, as I mentioned, today the moon is in Taurus. It entered Taurus this morning around uh, 3 a.m. It'll be in Taurus on Monday the 7th. Tuesday the 8th, it goes void at 9.35 a.m., and the moon is void all day long, uh, well, all morning long, until 1.40 p.m., when the moon goes into Gemini. So the moon goes void at 9.35 a.m. on Tuesday, East Coast time, with a trine to Pluto. Then the moon enters Gemini at 1.40 p.m. It's in Gemini Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It goes void at 11.45 a.m. Moon goes void at 11.43 a.m. And it goes void with a a square to Neptune. Uh, I generally like squares to Neptune. They give us a positive forward motion kind of feel for things. So there's a nice energy to that. Then we also have the moon is void all Thursday afternoon, the 10th. And the moon goes into Cancer bright and early, uh, the 11th, the morning of the 11th, 2.24 a.m. It's in Cancer the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, going void at 11.44 a.m. on next Sunday with an opposition to Neptune. Um, I'm sorry, with an opposition to Pluto. There also was that day, that's when Sun and Neptune meet. So the weekend with the Moon in, um, with the moon in Cancer, uh, Saturday is tough, the 12th and the 13th is tough. 13th is also daylight savings time, so we go back in time or we spring forward, you know, so we lose an hour of sleep. 
Uh, and we also have the moon then going into, goes void at 11.44 a.m. and goes into Leo at 3.32 p.m. And the last aspect that that moon in Leo makes is an opposition to Saturn uh, on Tuesday morning. So Monday the moon's in Leo. So it's a rough week, rough, rough emotional week. But it has a lot of positive uh, forward motion energy, so that's good. The tough emotional days will be um, the the weekend. Uh, and you might find that it's a little difficult on uh, Thursday also because there's a, quite a few squares where there, you know, the energy feels like, gee, I have to adjust. And also the moon in Gemini and then in Cancer has hard aspects, an adjusting energy aspect to the personal planets. Imagine that moon going across Taurus into Gemini, into Cancer, into Leo. So he's leaving behind the, the planets and heading off into a new direction. So it's an interesting week, not particularly easy, but very potent in terms of getting stuff done. Back end of the week is very emotional, so gauge your you know schedule light. People are really going to be feeling it that weekend. Uh, you know the energy of the moons is the energy of the emotions is very strong and very hard. And as the moon goes to oppose oppose the bundle of planets that we see there, we're going to really feel it on a very intense motion, intense, intense emotions. So, we'll see how this worked. Not sure. We tried it. Always good. Uh, new adventures. And, you know, we're working out things here. It's, you know, it's one of those days. So have a great day, a uh, great week, and be careful out there. It's a little rough on planet Earth these days. But you're going to be okay because you have astrology as your guide. This is Ann Ortley signing off from the bright red desk. It's not red, it's turquoise. Actually, somebody said to me the other day, it's really not turquoise, Ann. It's Tiffany Blue. And I went, ooh, Tiffany Blue. We like Tiffany. That's one of my favorite stories. stores. Um, not that I buy a lot there, but I like to walk through it. <laughs> so as we work at this energy this week ahead, we'll see how it progresses. So have a great day. Be gentle. Be gentle to other people. They're having a hard time, too. Kindness is a good thing. Bye. Now we'll figure out how.